What is up, you sexy bastards? It's your boy, Hot Coffee, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. Today's episode is part of the Ask Noah series. I was number 30 at Facebook, number four at Mint.com. I'm still talking about that shit 20 years later. And I built a bunch of companies that have done pretty well, like AppSumo.com and a lot of companies that did not work. AppSumo.com is the number one site for software deals. We promote insane software at great prices for solopreneurs and small business owners. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Today, we have three amazing questions we're going to be going over. Number one, how would I 4X my customer growth in 2023? Number two, how to stop overanalyzing and just get started. And numero trace, what should you pick, your business or your day job? These are questions that you've submitted, and I'm going to be giving you detailed answers about them. Submit your own question next time at okdort.com slash asknoah. Before we dive into the show, go check out tidycow.com. It is a calendar booking system we built because we were tired of complicated and expensive aka monthly subscriptions, scheduling tools. It's only 29 bucks if you want the paid features, but honestly, the free features like mutual availability scheduling are sick. That's tidycal.com. It's what I use. Uh, also, if you want to start a business, but you've been running into hurdles, who's doing hurdles these days? But anyways, we have a course, Monthly 1K. It can help you get started, overcome the obstacles, the fear, accountability, and support. It's only 10 bucks and you get it for life. It walks you step-by-step step exactly how we've built businesses. It's helped thousands of other people. It can help you too. Go to okdoor.com slash monthly 1K to sign up. All right, let's jump into the questions. Number one, yo, it's Logan Kimball. What up, Rabbi Can't Lose? I'm an entrepreneur in the home services industry. I do pest control treatments for residential and commercial properties. It's been growing and doing well. Nice job, Logan. Sometimes, by the way, with you, this is a quick side. In your businesses, give yourself more props. Like if you've gotten a customer, if you've made a little money, and this guy, specifically Logan, seems like he's doing $40,000 a year, which is amazing. I think sometimes we're only focused on the future, and we have to appreciate where we've been and where we are. Real talk. He says, I want to forex my customer growth in 23, but I'm not sure how to do it. In my first year, I did 100 accounts and they're still on and will generate approximately 40,000 revenue this year. So I'd like to add 300 to 400 new accounts on top of that. How do I do it? Well, I'm going to charge you for that, buddy. No, it's free. I don't know how we're doing it for free, but we're going to do it. So first off, I'm just going to go through questions and ways that I'm looking at your business specifically. And I think this will give a lot of insights to other people. Plus, shout out George, our intern, for getting more research on this account that I think will provide more clarity to a lot of the people listening. So first off, do you really have 100% retention? Because if you have 100% retention, that is an insanely awesome business. And I love what John Paul DeJoria said. He's coming out in a future YouTube episode of ours. He said, you need to be in the reorder business. Think about that, the reorder business. And I love that you have 100% retention. First off, how did you get these 100 accounts? And I think that's a question that we asked you and you actually said, I've mostly relied on door knocking, word of mouth, Facebook groups, social media, some people come to me online organically or through Google. So that is a lot of different ways. So what a lot of businesses think about is like, how do I forex to get from 100 to 400? And what I'm actually going to challenge you on is two different things. One, can you sell more to the accounts you already have? Do they have monthly subscriptions? Is there something on top of it? So I think a lot of times we're thinking of how to get new, which can be the right answer. But instead, how do you help people you already have more? So that's first off. Second question is how exactly did you get these 100 accounts? You, you have a broad answer of, I did all these different things like knocking on doors and random things, but I would be very specific and then really look at the numbers. So take the 100, literally write every single 100 down and how did I get every single one of them? And what you'll notice is that there's two ways, most likely, is how you grew your business. And that is what I would double down on. And so a lot of people try to just do too many things, especially earlier on. It's really finding the one marketing channel that you can repeat on. Now, next question I have is that you said in terms of who your customer is, and this is important for all businesses, is that do you want to get 400 accounts more or is it the size of these accounts? As I already talked to you about 
getting more money out of the existing customers. So what I would ask you is that of the customers you have, is it better to double down on your commercial clients or your residential clients? Because it sounded like you had both. Interesting to think about, right? So a few other things that I want to have you be thinking about, Logan, and yeah, this is how we kind of dissect businesses. And number one thing, just to come back and repeat it, because it's so important, is do more of what works, people. That's something I have to tell myself, frankly, but I'm telling you, what is the way that you've grown your business and have you stopped doing it? And the answer is yes. And can you do more of it? And the answer is yes. I've done this so many times with people, including myself, and people are like, no, I've done it all. And I'm like, you've done everything possible? Everything? Okay, there's more. All right. But if you really just focused on, no, I don't care about any of your advice. I don't, I'm not going to try to focus on commercial residential. I'm not going to do more of what works. Here's how I would approach marketing this type of product and thinking about it. So what is the moment? How and when do normal people choose pest control? So I literally just signed up for it yesterday. And what happened is that it's mosquito season here in Austin. So there's generally three things that happen for me or what I think about for pest control. You get a new home, you have a pest issue, or you want an alternative because you're getting mosquitoes and it's not currently working. So you've tried a bunch of things out. Again, what is the one you could do that you could double down on? And I like doing marketing at the moment that it matters. Now, if you think about it, if you're trying to get people to join your email list, what's the best time for them to join an email list? When they're reading someone else's email. So I like to think about how do you connect the mediums of marketing in those moments? So other thoughts around that. So again, do more of what works. Think about when they're actually going to do it and focus on that. Now, if you want more ideas on marketing, I'm going to go through other ways I'm thinking about it. So if I'm thinking of someone gets a new home, I'm like, oh, who controls that? Brokerages, realtors, banks. So how do you partner with people that help people get new homes? Exactly. Next up is pest issues. So timing. Pest issues pretty much generally happen at very specific times when it's like rainy season or spring, I don't know, spring, fall, however that works. So can you time your marketing at very specific times when you know people are seeing it? So I saw a mosquito yesterday, it bit me. And I was like, damn, that's annoying. Now you want to be the top of mind when that happens. So maybe give people fly swatters, maybe give people mosquito spray, maybe give people those types of candles so that when they're thinking about it, you're top of mind. And one alternative to existing. Now, when I'm searching for an alternative in Google, I go to Google and I'm like, I want a mosquito alternative, I want a pest alternative, or this place sucks. And so guess what? Go and make pages about your competitors or alternatives in your local area. All right. So a few other things to think about that I think would be helpful is that other ways that you can find your marketing if you've maximized and done all the ones already existing for you. Can you use Nextdoor? So there's all these services now, especially in America, that are like local groups. Basically, you want to get concentration of your marketing. Like everyone who should be your ideal customer should think, I see you guys everywhere. That means you're doing great marketing. If your ideal customers are all seeing you. So Nextdoor is concentrated areas in geographical distribution in America for neighborhoods. So I would do Nextdoor or email groups. I'm on an email group for my area in Austin. So that's huge. Also referrals are word of mouth. So I have neighbors and I'll talk to Ryan or I'll talk to Andrew and be like, yo, who are you using for mosquitoes? Like Ryan and I have the same pool cleaners. Ryan and I have the same gardeners. So if you again can focus on concentration, I actually think concentration could be a huge advantage. I got a letter in the mail yesterday, which kind of annoyed me, but it was smart. It said, hey, we're cutting down trees for your neighbors. We're doing it for this neighbor. If you also want it, let us know. And I was like, oh, that's smart. That's smart. So think about, can you enable referral or word of mouth program so you can focus on that concentration and give a good ass referral program? What I mean by that is if you can understand your economics well, meaning if it costs you $10 to actually deliver it, and you know that customers are subscribing to a monthly or quarterly program, and that's worth 1000 and you could do back of the envelope math to be like, all right, for every customer we get, we make $500 profit. You could literally pay 250 in cash or say, hey, 
I'll give you six months free for anyone you refer. Like make it insane. And I think that's where you can get a real advantage if you can understand your economics through doing that. I personally don't trust flyers or mailers. If it doesn't have like a, a handwritten or it's like, hey, I'm helping your neighbor. It's like, here's a shitty cheap postcard. Those just go insta garbage. But could you give me something potentially, as I said earlier, that's like, hey, here's a candle to help with bugs. But if you want real help, we can do it for you. See what I'm saying? Again, I've talked to you about clustering. There's the Cutco technique. I'm going to repeat it. So if you have your neighbor or your building, can you use signs on the neighbor's lawn? Can you use referrals to your neighbors? Can you ask for one referral from a person? So again, do the Cutco technique where you cluster. Again, I talked about real estate people. How do you make it exciting for a real estate person? Can you give them a referral? Because if they just got someone a new house and it's like they trust them, they don't trust you. So can you use that trust and leverage to help through partnering through realtors? And repeating again, SEO results of local alternatives. People search for alternatives. Can you get listed there? Two last things on this, and this is a lot of different stuff in marketing. Obviously, we need to make it somewhat tighter. I like that you do have a goal. I think that's one thing that almost every business owner is missing out on. But two last things, again, pick a specific customer. So it's easier to focus on these moments and easier to focus on the marketing. Because if you're like, well, I'm going to do residential and customer, and I'm going to knock on doors, and I'm going to try all these things, it's like you're going to be really scattered versus thinking about, all right, I'm going to pick the zip code. I'm going to pick commercial. I know this works. And I'm going to just keep repeating it until I get every single person in that area. Also, one thing that you did mention that I think is an advantage is like most idea like pest control, you guys are probably doing the same spray. You don't have like some unique spray. And so I do think it's really powerful that you're the owner operator and you can leverage that. And so if you're doing a business that it's hard to differentiate, you have to figure out where can you differentiate. So if you're a coffee shop, like do you have specific coffee? Do you have like specific Wi-Fi? Do you have a specific decor? Right? A lot of the coffee kind of tastes the same or you can buy the beans from a lot of the same places. So what is it that you're doing differently? And so I like that in your messaging, I would think about my messaging is that I am the owner operator. If you have a problem, you call me. And that is a nice advantage, especially if I'm seeing a mosquito and I know that someone like Logan is going to help me out. By the way, here's your website. I'm going to shout it out, boisepestpros.com and on Instagram, instagram.com slash boisepestpros. Now, I think I was a little scattered, honestly, in my answer. What's more important though for you and if you're starting a business or for Logan or for someone else out there, it's more about, all right, what's the one nugget that I'm going to write down and take action on for myself? I think some of the higher level things that we're, we've identified in Logan's thing is one, be proud of yourself for progress. I think too many times we're like, I'm not making a trillion. It's like, dude, you're making 40,000 a year helping people with pest control and you've done it from zero. Good for you. So one, be proud of yourself. Number two, think about what's work that you can double down on. I think a lot of times where we're like, oh, let me try new stuff. Like you're trying a lot of stuff, but really if you can look at the data or look at, okay, if I can only do one, there's something there. Number three, have a goal. I love that you said, hey, I want to get 400 accounts, but really maybe it's, you want to go from 40,000 to $100,000 in revenue a year. Now in that goal, okay, what's the best way of getting there versus just getting 400 accounts, which maybe not be as good of a goal, but more importantly, having a goal is great. And lastly, there are ways of doing marketing. I think what I want your customers to think is, man, I see you everywhere. So think about concentration, think about clustering. There are a lot of ways of doing marketing, but maybe the last point of this is that if you can understand your economics, you can have an advantage in your marketing. And a lot of people just go soft on it. And I think, Logan, you're not that kind of person. And so you're going to go hard, like how I projected on you. And you will find a way that, hey, if you understand your economics, you can do some crazy cool stuff. Good luck out there. All right, next up, we have a question from Brian Zimmerman. Noah, I have a ton of ideas, but I get bogged down and starting with any of them. I'm overanalyzing. What is the best way to just get something going? Well, Brian, we do have a course, monthly1k.com. And so I recommend you check that out, but I will give you the, the juice and the goodies right here without it. Now, first off, this is a super common fear that most people have too many ideas because we're afraid of any of them working. 
And what we do is we research and we find reasons why none of them will work. So this happened to me too. And, and I think sometimes knowing things take a long time, I think knowing that others are going through it makes you feel like, oh, others have solved it, which they have, and you can get through it too. This has even happened to me. I'm just like y'all, I've tried this stuff out and done a lot of times. Now I wanted to do a, an events business to prove I can start a business. And so the idea was we do like whiskey tastings at bars. And so what I did is probably very similar to how Brian and a lot of people feel. I asked a bunch of people. So I'd be at lunch and I'd be like, hey, what do you think of this business idea? I even had a friend do this to me this weekend. He's like, oh, I had this idea for a, a business for Sunblock. He told me this business idea a year ago. He's still pitching it to people. And I'm like, there's solutions to this. But it's same as me, same as him. I asked people. I went and watched more YouTube videos. I listened to more podcasts. So it sounds familiar, Brian. I'm sure you can relate to this. So here's the one thing I would change. And then I'll give you a more detailed answer. But the number one thing that changed for me in my events business, and I think what ha happened with you is time box the idea. Time boxes. So give yourself only 48 hours. That's why my book, Million Dollar Weekend, which is coming out, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter, okdork.com, so you don't miss the launch. I gave myself 48 hours and that changed everything. So I was like, fuck, I have 48 hours to see if I can get three customers. So I immediately messaged friends. I said, hey, I'm doing a $20 whiskey tasting. Here's the day. I didn't have a venue. I didn't have anything locked in. I just was like, all right, if I have people saying they'll do it, that will get me committed to making it happen. And I sold 10 of them. And we ended up doing it over on the East 7th Street. I paid $10 per whiskey. I sold it for 20 and got 10 bucks each. And because I limited the time, I made it happen. And because I had the customers, I contacted a, a local place and I said, hey, I've got customers. Can I pay you 10 bucks for a whiskey tasting? You teach us about whiskey and I'll bring people. And they were able to do it. Done. So let's just focus on you. So you have this long list of ideas and you have a long list of why every single one of them doesn't work. Pick the first one that's on the list. Literally, if it's alphabetical or whatever, just pick one. And I want you to fail. Failing is fine. Think of it as an experiment. Like if you're doing an experiment and it fails, you're not like, I'm a failure. You're like, oh, this experiment didn't work. Great. Why didn't it work? Can I fix it? Or should I move on to something else? Now, just pick the first one. And again, if you're still like, well, I don't know, Noah, pick any of the ideas, pick the first idea that you'd be personally happy if it gets solved. But I want you to avoid doing ones with less expertise or less interest. It'll be, make it harder to succeed in the future. Also, if you don't have any understanding of it or you don't have a network in it, don't do that either. Again, pick ones that you're interested in solving and you have some understanding or some network because I've seen so many people do it where they make it hard on themselves. It's only going to get harder. So find something that you can make easier for yourself. Next up, I'm going to repeat it because it's so important. Time box. Give yourself 48 hours because it removes all excuses. You're like, well, shit, I've got to find out if I can get three customers by then. Realize all businesses are going to evolve. So your point is to get momentum and reps. Reps being you're just getting your practice in. You're just experimenting. AppSumo started as something I wanted to promote small business software. I wanted to help small businesses. And I tried a lot of different ideas around it, but it was I was playing. I was in the, getting experiments. I was getting reps in. I started doing about getting business cards at local restaurants. I started Software Taco, which is small business reviews. I did Next Level, which was, I can't even explain it, and AppSumo. And it was like, oh, but getting in the business, getting in the reps, get you in the ocean, get you in the game, and you will help find the thing that works. But sitting on the sidelines, don't be a sideliner. You'll just be theorizing. And you want to get into the actual doing, not thinking. Two last things is get a support buddy. So have one person hold you accountable. I have my body tutor, Adam Gilbert. He listens to every one of these episodes. He's one of my best friends for 15 years. Met through the blog. Find someone who will hold you accountable and support you in this process. He does that on my health and my life. You got to find someone on this. It is lonely and it's tough. And you need support in a lot of the things you do. So go find your support buddy. And lastly, try out the coffee challenge. This is something I've talked about and it works for everyone. You ask for 10% off next time you get coffee or anything in person, just do that. What it teaches you is it teaches you that you're gonna get rejected, you're gonna be afraid, you fail, 
you live, you overcome, and you move forward. And it's not about you. It's about them saying no to the idea. So guess what? You can move on to an idea that you really want. And the last thing is that if you have all these business ideas, you have to remind yourself about why do you even want to start your own business and be clear on that and get motivated from that. I was so fucking angry at Mark Zuckerberg and all these Silicon Valley assholes that rejected me and said I wasn't good enough and I'm never going to be good enough. And I was like, I want to fucking prove these people wrong. You can see, can you feel that in my voice? What is your why for this? What is your why that's motivating all? Is it because you want extra thousand dollars a month to have more for your family? Is it to have independence? Is it to have freedom? Is it to have whatever it is? That's fine. But write that down, write down your dream around it and remember it so that you're like, oh, cool. I have some, the, the, you know, I have something I want to work towards. I have something motivating me around this. For me, I wanted that and I want to be in control. And that's what I, you know, it took me 10 years and I finally was able to do it. So you can only surf if you're in the ocean and go have fun with it, Brian. By the way, if you guys have questions, go to okdork.com slash asknoah and put in the details and we'll do my best to answer them in an upcoming episode. All right. This last one is going to be a quickie from Rohan Chowby. What up, man? Ron asked, if a job and business paid you equally well and made you feel equally happy, which one would you keep? What a question, Rohan. A lot of times when people talk about things, I always think do as people do, not as they say. And so for me, my dream was always to be my own boss. I always dreamed of that. And I always knew it very young that I just couldn't work for jobs. That's why I quit or got fired. And I just wanted to be in charge. I have to call out something for you, Ron, that just having your own business does not guarantee you will be happy. And as a CEO of AppSumo, it's been my dream But almost daily, there's a slog of someone quitting that happened Monday, or there's new problems like revenues off, or there's just different problems. And and a lot of times the problems are pretty fun, but you're going to have problems no matter what. And as an employee of businesses, you'll have a lot less of the problems and you could check out at 5 p.m. And if the business goes under, you can get another job. And so it's tough to have a black and white answer. For me, my dream was to always run my own business, but you could also do both. I know people who've had their own side hustle or side business and had, had a day job that they're happy with. We have a lot of people at AppSumo that have jobs and side hustles at AppSumo. We have Amy who runs a flower shop. Nick and Alona do consulting on things that they actually do in their day job at AppSumo. So a lot of this really just depends on how you've set up your business and where you're at in life. I know I've remember people who were exceptionally gifted, way better and smarter than me at Intel, but they wanted to be able to check out a five. And that was the life that they really wanted. And they were able to do that so they can maximize time with their families outside of the office. And I know my friend Steve Chu from MyWifeQuitterJob.com. He had a day job making 200K and he was making it more than that at his side hustle. And he kept both because he was able to. So again, this is really dependent on yourself. So the most important thing that I would recommend is work backwards from how do you want your life to look? Really, and think about this on like a daily basis. How do you want today to look? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to be with your kids? Do you want to be with your wife? Do you want to be single? Do you want to be on a surfboard? I'm going to talk about surfing this episode so much. I don't even surf. Do you want to need a bicycle? And then how much money do you need to live that dream life? And really work backwards. And that could be just from the next five years. You don't have to sweat so far ahead. Maybe even do next one year or three years. For me, yeah, I get to pretty much live my dream life. I have a tough job as a CEO and I'm not trying to, oh, my job is so tough, but it's hard, man. But the hard work is worth the reward and I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of what we get to do and really just working backwards for what that is for yourself. So getting what you want is easy. Figuring out what you want is the hard part, but I believe in you. So you can do it. Not just because I believe in you. I, I do think most people can do it. It's just having to put in the work and that's the hard part too. That is a wrap. I hope you love the episode as much as we did making it for you. If you have questions, submit them at okdork.com slash asknoah. And if you're not on our email list, we have a short email each and every week exclusive just for subscribers. That's at okdork.com. Also, you can check out my course, monthly1k.com. It's helped thousands of people start businesses like the people above. It can help them and help someone like you. Go to okdork.com slash monthly1k to sign up. Finally, a couple shout-outs to the amazing team who've helped put all this together. Jason at podcasttech.com. 
for making these podcasts sound so nice and clean. Thank you to Jeremy, George, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen, plus Sylvie and Tommy, new people to the Dork Team, for all the magic y'all do. Thanks for everything. Have a speedy day. What's your favorite magazine? Do people still read magazines? Thank you.